Zuko, there's something off about her. She's slipping. Yeah, no shit, Zuko. <laughs> Sheesh. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Cabbage Corp podcast began. Hey, this is Josh. And this is Christian. And welcome to the Cabbage Corp podcast. The Cabbage Corp podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Head to anchor.fm slash cabbagecorppod to find the podcast app of your choice. Also, for our Korean listeners, don't worry. We are also on Podbang. If you like this episode, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. We love to hear from all of you guys, so leave comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sheesh! Hey, Cabbage Heads, welcome back to the Cabbage Core Podcast. Last episode, we covered episodes 18 to 19 of Book 3, Fire. This week, we'll be covering the final episodes mm-hmm. of Book 3 and the final episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. This is episodes 20 and 21. Just a little recap. We went over parts 1 and 2 of Sozin's Comet, where Aang comes in contact with the oldest of the old, the godliest of the gods. <laughs> Keep that in, the lion turtle. That's right. Ozai is crowned the Phoenix King, and we meet the old masters of the White Lotus. Yes. Christian, give us a recap of where we stand, not only Avatar State totals, but our power rankings. Yes, yeah, so Avatar State, like we talked about last week, still at a 10. You know, that's going to change. Oh, is it? This episode, or next episode, the one of these two. Yep. And for the power ranking. Zuko and Katara tied. Sutara? Oh, no. <laughs> what did we do? No. What did we do? They are leading. No. Okay. Not only leading the pack, but also I think they have clinched <laughs> the first ever Cabbage Corp Power Ranking Award. Ooh. Okay. They're, and, they're at six. Yes, they're at six. Aang and Uncle Iroh tied at three. And before, right in between them. Isaka, just God, yes. you know, right under, like right under Katara, Isaka four points and Azula and Toph at two points. Two apiece. Last episode, we really got into the foundation that sets up this epic two-episode battle. So, let's get into episode twenty. Sozin's comment, part three, into the inferno. Sheesh. As Sozin's comment arrives, we see both sides of the war preparing for battle. We see Azula prepared to be crowned Fire Lord, but it seems that there are some things that are becoming too overwhelming for Azula to handle. Meanwhile, Aang has returned from his adventure on the Lion Turtle and is fighting the Fire Lord. Sokka, Suki, and Toph fight off the air fleet while the old masters fight on the ground. And Zuko and Katara fight none other than Azula. Okay, I feel like this episode is more around Azula and Zuko. Yep, Zuko. There's something off about her. She's slipping. Yeah, no shit, Zuko. <laughs> what a, Christian and I just watched this episode together. Azula's bangs are half cut. Half cut. The She's, other half is hanging off her body. Her makeup is crazy to Just her crazy. lips. I'm like, she overlined them lips like, yeah. you know, way out. She looked like a skante warrior out here <laughs> right now. Um, but 
Yeah, it's uh, this is a Zuko Azula family blood feud mm-hmm. episode. One of the most beautiful examples of firebending we've ever seen on this show. I want to put it out there the most beautiful example of firebending we've seen on this show with Azula's blue fire versus Zuko's red fire. This even, I think, trumps when the Dragon Masters were, were wow. showed us the fire. Okay. I, and as much as I love the Dragon Masters, I think this just paid off in beautiful form. Zuko reaches the throne room and um, sees Azula in a state where he's not familiar with. Yeah, so before we get into that, we're gonna talk about two topics. Aang and Fire Lord Ozai's fight and Zuko and Azula's fight. So let's get into Zuko and Azula. Now, there are some things to talk about before this fight. Azula and her mental breakdown. Mm. It's a long time coming, folks. Yeah, so I mean, there are some talks on the Avatar fandom, they were saying how like, okay, did, was Azula like actually insane or was this a meltdown? Like there were talks like, did she actually have a mental disorder? And I've talked about her having this, but people were saying this is actually just a mental breakdown Mm. because throughout the show, she's very consistent with like, you know, maybe she has other things going on. Like she's a sociopath, but she didn't, she never had a mental break. Like, she didn't turn insane or, like, none of that. Like, this was, like, a mental breakdown. And there were a couple of things that led up to this. Gotcha. And so the the distinction here is that anyone can have a mental breakdown. doesn't matter if you are in a poor mental state or not. Is that what they're trying to say? Is I, that it's not a mental... You don't have a mental disorder, but anyone put under enough pressure can go through a mm-hmm. breakdown. Is that... Is that like, yeah, that I think, like, they were saying... She didn't go insane because... This is like one instant and it makes sense because of all the buildup that happened before this. Like this is like not like a click of the head or she's just insane, but it's like a meltdown because the the symptoms of it isn't coming from like she's delusional, but she is literally just like all these people around her seem to be disappearing. So she's mm. breaking down and she's overwhelmed by this crazy invisible responsibility yeah yeah and the invisible responsibility around royalties is super interesting right azula is very keen to point out and is very self-aware that her her role as a princess puts her above commoners right she even calls katara in the final fight you you commoner as as kind of a as kind of a put down mm. but the 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 pressure and the and the strategies of of having to become this royal-blooded person whose only, um, whose only essential kind of tie to her royalty is a father who's insane and and who's a father who is evil. Mm-hmm. Is the pressure is 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 has built her whole life, and as you said before before this, the only two outlets she had were her air quotes friends mm-hmm. who abandoned her. Yes. So there are a couple things we have to think about. May and Tylee's betrayal. We don't really see her after that. Mm. She mentions them this next episode, like this episode, so you can tell like this is something she's been thinking about. Um, that's on her mind. We talked about Phoenix King and how she kind of just leaves her here yeah. by herself. And this can also cause the paranoia of being betrayed by her servants because of what Tylian like, made it. Like, If you really think about it, if your two best friends betray you, who else? Is capable of betraying you. Right. And then the hallucination of her mother. Ursa. 
Yeah. Just a hottie. Just straight hottie. <laughs> let, me, let me say first. Respectfully. But she has, Respectfully. Yeah. Okay. Respectfully. So she has this hallucination and we brought up, we we're watching this together. Azula's reaction to this hallucination is not something that seems like astonishing or she's like freaked out about this. This is not the first time she's seen her mother in that Yeah. Way. That's what I was clearly obvious when her reaction of like, it's surprised, but not, it's surprised at the timing, not at the, the appearance. Yes, I like that. The timing is surprising, but the appearance, you can tell how she's talking to her. It's like a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. And whether or not she knows this, this, I'm sure she knows this is going on in her, in her head because she breaks the mirror because she's like, I can't, like, my mental state is just not there right now. Right. And, and for our listeners, Christian, can you tell us how the her mother's reflection was triggered what was she doing in the mirror prior to this she was brushing her hair she's trying to fix it up and she gets so frustrated with her hair that she cuts it and mm. it ruins her bangs and then her mother's like oh i always loved your long hair right and right, right. That that's is- so jacked up right isn't yeah. it so jacked? like the one thing that you know your mother to, to love you the projection of her that you see in her yeah. reflection is like now there's even now now how could I ever even think about love? Yeah. The one thing that you ever had prized that I prize of you as mm-hmm. my child is your hair, and now it's gone. And it it seems very like small to like comment on, but like you said, that comment of like saying like oh I really liked your hair like that. I I'm sure that is for guys, but for girls it's so sensitive. It's a uh, very sensitive uh, Here's your thing. pride, right? Here's yeah. your, your mane. Yeah, for real. Like, it, it really is that way. So, like, when someone that you think views you as a monster, however you want their love and you want to be accepted by them, says something about you in a negative light, the only actual, like, good aspect, in a sense, it, it it's destroying, in a yeah, way. Yeah. And this might sound weird, but in a way how you do your hair reflects a lot can reflect a lot about like a person oh absolutely um, yeah so there is this drama called it's okay to not be okay mm. it's a korean drama about a girl that she's basically psychotic but it's because her mom raised her and her mom's psychotic and her mom never let her daughter cut her hair like ever so her hair is really long beautiful but at a point she's like i need to get away from my mother my mother that hasn't been in my life for like 20 years yeah and she finally cuts her hair because she wants to be rid of her mother and she gets these nightmares of like her mother taunting her like how dare you cut your hair like this sense of control that she has with her hair and even though this is another way i feel like in a sense i felt like that with azula like her mom praising her for her hair whatever it is that projection that she has she took it away from her mom but she was so she didn't take it away because she wanted to be free from her mom but it was like it was too overwhelming for her at this point yeah you just said um an interesting as as you made that example with it's okay not to be okay because it's, it's control right it's control azula and control are a tightrope of per- perfect balance and yeah and grace but this is how brilliant the writing on the show is. One of the first times we meet Azula is her acrobatically flipping, and there's one hair out of place. After mm-hmm. a perfect, like, 10 routine, there's one hair out of place, and she's miserable. She's upset at herself that she's not perfect. And of course, it's her hair, it's her mother's pride in her, her mother's pride in her beauty that sticks out in this way. And mm-hmm. so when she's unable to do even the simplest thing now of tying her hair in a ribbon, 
and she shears it all off. It's the it's such a the clearest example of Azula's breakdown state here mm-hmm. because it's her mother's pride in her, the one thing that she knows her mother and, and appreciates about her about about her own daughter, her own life. It's the one thing she can never truly keep in control. And finally, it's the ultimate tell when she's not in a good place. Yes. And the hair, the, the hair is everything, right? Even yes. to, to men, to women. What? It's, it's their pride. It's their glory. One thing I do know is I remember a scene when Zuko and Azula are fighting. And Azula is about to quote-unquote die. Like She's falling out of the air. Yeah. And her hair is really nice to cut. But she takes her hair out and she pins it onto the wall. And in that moment... Zuko in itself is like, oh, of course she made it. But this was the first moment we saw... Zuko with her hair down. Yeah, but also in in a sense where she was defeated. Or like she lost the battle against Zuko. And her hair was out of control in that moment. And I was like... That kind of reminded me of this. Where she's always had it together. But the moments where it's down, she seems most vulnerable. Yeah. That makes sense. She, I think the only other time it's been down is like when she was like in her nightgown and she was... She was like pretending to sleep, and then Zuko was like, "What did you do?" <laughs> yeah, just like oh, Zuzu. Oh, you know? Zuzu. Right, right. It's yes. always been even when she's sleeping. It's like and it's down. It's like perfectly kept, right? Mm-hmm. But in the moment you're talking about in the in the prison in the prison of uh, Boiling Rock. Yes. The prison of Boiling Rock. As Zuko's escaping, Azula falls into a cliff. Essentially, falls off a cliff, yeah. and she takes off. What you were just saying before, she takes off her hair pick. And then stabs it into the the granite on the wall, and then stops her fall, free fall, and that's and her hair is wild and, and loose, yes. and it's your that's that's such a good observation that that is the first time she's lost, and now it's it's just an example of, yeah, her her mental state, her pride and glory being yeah. all shorn off. Now before we get into Azula and Zuko's fight, because I kind of want to end it off with that, I feel like it's a huge moment, but let's talk about not only like. The sheer like volume that went into the Sozin's comment scene. Yeah. Let's talk about the fights. So, couple of notes with when Farlord Ozai first starts like burning that village. Like, oh my god, that kind of artwork, like that animation is so mm. like it's bad to say. It's bad to say beautiful, but it's like so big. Like I, I've never seen it like that this before. Yeah. And it just shows how strong Ozai is, but also the the influence of this, uh, the influence of Sozin's comet. No, it does a great job, Christian. And I think we've often talked about how the animation style changes, the shading changes, how it gets more advanced and more more in depth as the season go along. This being the last episode, they just stacked everything together. Yes. And nothing is as beautiful as fire bending underneath the comet. Like, mm-hmm. the way that, as you were talking about, Ozai's hand essentially forms like a fireball that, like, it's like sputtery, and then it's just the immense Crazy. power and control that comes into that. And he just unloads that onto onto the city of Bossing City. And the music. Oh, beautiful. That, like, high-pitched music that's not screeching your ear, but it directly connects right, right. with the bending skill. And I just love that. The, the sound effects are so well-tied and in- integrated with it that, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it defines so much of, like, like, how it looks and how it sounds together is what makes these bending arts so beautiful. Yes. Which is why 
when we watch the M. Night Shyamalan movie, we're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Okay, let's not talk. Let's talk about good things. What okay. else, Christian? What, what, okay, what else about so let's Senator? get into Uncle Iroh. Only once every hundred years can a firebender experience this kind of power. As he's inhaling, you see the fire inside him just grow, yeah. and then he um, he also just unleashes hell onto the gates. Oh man, like the the firebending in this. We've talked about like. The firebending skills, and we've experienced that. But this moment, I feel like they did such an amazing job portraying the the immense power. Because what they would do is, I feel like they've always shown close-ranged fights. But in this scene, like in these multiple scenes, they would like zoom out like uh, 10 times to show how big the fire was. Yes. And I thought that was an amazing way to show it. It was very, very beautiful, even though, you know, it's, you know, it it is a war, obviously. It's very scary, but I just thought the animation behind it was really, really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. So let's get into the fights, the fighting scene with Ozai and Aang. Yeah, let's start with that. I think the big thing I I caught right away is that Aang is just being Aang, true (laughs) to form. He is never the aggressor. Even when it comes to the big bad, just the the, the encapsulation of encapsulation of evil in this series, Aang cannot help but to counteract and to negate rather than attack himself. Mm-hmm. And this has been true for him throughout the entire series. It's remarkably consistent. It's a little frustrating, but it shows you the state of Aang's mind that even when he sees with such conviction that it's Ozai after defeat to complete my mission and to figure out why the hell I've been frozen in ice for hundred years and to and to solve that dilemma. He's still unable to attack him head on. He is an air nomad at its core, and he evades escape and capture. Yes, and one scene I loved was when Aang redirects Fire Lord Ozai's lightning. That's right. His face, obviously he redirects. I think his face is shock because he's like, oh my god, I could die. But Aang doesn't shoot at him. Oh, Ozai's face is in shock. Sorry, yes. Ozai's face is in shock. Because I feel like Aang could redirect at him. Ozai can't control that because he's already about to, like, his hands are extended, you know. But then Aang doesn't shoot it at him. This is just the folly and how evil and how one-sided the man is. Kind of like he's written as a, as a paper evil character. Because, like, you just got lightning redirected to you by your own son, Zuko, who told you that he's going to help the Avatar learn yeah. firebending. You don't think he's going to teach yes. the Avatar how to redirect lightning, but he's so prideful, he's so egotistical, and he's on a sick one right now where he's like, nothing can stop me. I'm going to shoot the Avatar with, with his lightning. But Aang, had he re- redirected lightning back to Ozai, would have killed him right then and yeah. there. But Aang, with great anguish, because it took a lot out of him to do that, just shot it up in the air, mm-hmm. knowing that he couldn't take his life. Yeah. Do you think... Uh, Fire Lord's Ozai's face, like you said, like Zuko teaching him. Do you think his face of shock was also realizing, like, oh shoot, my son is a mentor and a master that taught the Avatar how to redirect lightning? I think there's some of that in there, but I think majority of it is like he's just such a. He thinks he's a god. He thinks mm. no one can stop him, and he obviously doesn't care about his son. You know, other than like him being uh, a reflection of him in some way. And so, like, because, like, a smarter man would have seen, like, yo, I just got defeated by my son in my own chamber after I tried to surprise sneak attack him. 
I should. That is true. Yeah, like this, like how can I be defeated by the same thing? It'll be stupid. But it was Aang's mercy in this situation that, that saved it. Yeah, Ozai underestimated his son because of his own pride. Yeah. And that was his mistake. And we should say, like, Fire Lord Ozai is flying at this point. because He's, he's amazing, yeah. too. He's, he is, his firebending is so powerful, he can essentially jettison himself up with just fire to the earth. That's like, how powerful it is. It's, it's so good. Makes you realize, like, how good Azula is to have gotten his, her, her father's approval in that sense, too. Oh, Azula. Should we talk Azula. a little bit about Azula? What's, what's happening with Azula? All right, now let's, let's head back to the main yeah. portion of we're this back episode. In, we're back in the Fire Nation capital. Okay, so one big thing to note, the music behind every single fight scene is super, super aggressive, like sharp. But this scene with Zuko and Azula is very sorrowful. And there's like, I was looking on the, the fandom and I was like, what, why? Why is this here? And a lot of people labeled it as a tragic hollow. And they're labeling it as it represents a fight that shouldn't have happened. Mm. And this kind of is foreshadowed when Uncle Iroh brings up, like, siblings should not be doing this. Fighting each other for power, yeah. Yeah, like, siblings should not be in this situation of a life or death fight because you guys are siblings. You guys are family. And this is not something that's okay. And their fight is something that's super major and something that a lot of people have been waiting for. But it's meaningless because ultimately, like, their fight isn't... It's, like, a, such a small portion of the bigger issue. Mm. And them fighting, it was it's just a sad thing. Because it's like, you guys shouldn't have to be pitted against each other. And there's this moment that I brought up to Josh when we were watching it. When Zuko does two fireballs at Azula and her face is shocked. And a lot of people were saying how, like... In that moment, she was reflecting on the fact, like, shoot, we're fighting to kill each other. Mm. Like, we are fighting to kill each other at this point, and I am too filled with my own pride, and Zuko is filled with his anger towards me. Like, both sides are wrong in this situation, because Zuko wants to kill her, and Azula wants to do the same. And I think that's why it's so beautiful that Zuko is not the one who ends up defeating her. I see. Because that, I feel like, would ruin their relationship even more. And so they were saying, like, this this is truly a representation of a sad, very, very sad fight that shouldn't have been fought between two siblings. No, that's, that's so remarkable in the way that Uncle Iroh essentially sets it up and says, like, another another sibling war to figure out who's going to take the throne but that's what he's like essentially what zuko does was like it's like mm-hmm. you're not the fire lord i am going to be the fire lord and then that's yeah. what that's what triggers an agni kai and it's it's beautiful and it's terrifying and it's just sad the entire time like you just can't like the animation style is just just the the amount of the fire of different color fire they pour onto each other like the way that you set up Azula's blue flame this entire time versus Zuko's red out um, red flame, and just that, just pouring out the the malice and the judgment against each other. Yeah, and it's like to waves. Kill. Yeah, yeah, just it's waves of fire. It's mm-hmm. beautifully done, and the the as you said before, Christian, the, the music is so sad and so stirring. 
because it's something that it is dreadful when it happens. It should yeah. not happen, but it's, it happens surprisingly frequently. Yeah, and I just loved how they included that because, like, you even for Brian and Michael, it's like even to give us the opportunity to see that. Yeah, Azula's evil, and she's like her father, but with Uncle Iroh's wisdom, understanding that, like, siblings and that kind of, like, cycle will never end if you continue to do it that way. And that's yeah. why I love that quote that he said, like, there's a wrong way to end this war. There right, is, right, right. and that is the wrong way. This leads us to the next episode with Katara and Azula's fight. So a little preface. They're fighting, all this thing is going on, and Zuko kind of teases and baits Azula. He's like, oh, you know lightning? And then Azula cheats. This is the first time, not the first time, but I think she cheats because she knows that she can lose. And Uh that is something that I'm like, oh, oh, snap. So she creates lightning, and she doesn't do it out of Zuko, but does it towards Katara. Right. Which is not allowed in Agni Kai. No. It's not it's a, a mano a mano. So she cheats, and Zuko blocks that from Azula. I mean, blocks that from Katara, knowing that if Katara gets that, she would be unable to fight that off. Like, I feel like if she got attacked, she wouldn't know. Like Zuko kind of tries to redirect it, and I feel like he slightly did, which is why he didn't die. So Zuko's down. Katara's like, "Oh my God, no!" And now, going into the last episode. Now it's a fight between Azula and Katara. And for Fire Lord Ozai, it's Aang and Fire Lord Ozai, but upgraded Aang. Upgraded Aang indeed. Upgraded Aang is coming. One question before we jump into the next episode. Yes. I assumed that lightning powers are also heightened during the comic because they are a source of fire bending. Oh, okay. Azula, with incredible lightning prowess here now, already, that's, like, let's multiply it five times. Yes. At least. Should her lightning strike not have killed Zuko immediately on impact? Because she came this close to killing Aang before the comet. But, I would say, with Zuko, he might have slightly... Like, received it a little bit. Like, redirected it. I see. Because he was like... <laughs> Sorry, you can't you can't see my image, no, was, but Christian was, did a ridiculous gesture so of lightning redirecting through her body. It's like slightly redirected and then crumbled up. And for Aang, <laughs> she just did like a Majin Buu fusion fusion pile from Dragon Ball just now. So I feel like that is true, but uh, Aang, that wasn't fair with Aang because it was in the back. He got shot through the back. He He had no chance to redirect. He had no way to defend himself. Okay. Zuko, he's Fire Nation. He can handle more lightning. He got that blood, like the fire, the fire bending blood. Fire blood blood in there. Dragon blood in there. Yeah, and PK blood in there. And he's done it before, so I feel like that in itself is natural instinct. So. Okay, that's enough. It's not. It's not. I don't feel great about it, but that's enough. I would say yes. The everything is heightened. Yeah. But I, I would, I would, I would say I slightly disagree with the lightning theory because, like, I feel like it's more about you can make it more intense. Yeah. But just because it's a comet doesn't make it more intense. If that makes sense, like you have to make it more intense. I see what you, you have mean. To control it, 
And it just seemed like her regular lightning skills, you know. I, I would say the fire was a lot more intense than we've seen. Even Ozai's lightning. lightning is fairly similar to what we saw in the throne room before. Yeah. So maybe that was like a more animation thing, but I don't know. Okay. I would say that. Fair point. Yes, 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 yes. Christian has redirected my lightning question into <laughs> some lightning wisdom here. Okay. Finally, part two. Part two. The last episode. Episode 21. Sozin's Comet Part 4. Avatar A. Who's in third place in our Caps Court Rankings? Anyway. <laughs> the last episode of Avatar The Last Airbender is a fitting one with Aang defeating the Fire Lord by showing us a new bending skill taught to him by the Lion Turtle as he goes into the Avatar state. Things take a turn as Zuko is left injured and Katara takes on Azula one-on-one. -on -one. The finale episode comes to a close as the gang defeat the Fire Nation and bring peace to all nations. There are only a couple shows that give me this type of satisfaction. And this is one of them. Dare I say closure? But not only closure, but like a sneak peek to what could be too. So let, let's start. What the lion turtle tells Aang is revealed in this episode. What he learns. So far, we have no idea what the hell he was doing on that lion turtle. Right, right, right. We just know he was talking to him. But this scene, we are able to see that the lion turtle taught Aang how to bend. Energy. Yes. Energy bending. And that is bending someone's energy away. It's the dirt truck again. <laughs> Put that in there. It's the dirt truck again. Oh, okay. Um, and... This is something we've hinted, and I feel like a lot of fandoms, like the reason why this scene is so important because it reflects what happened before too. Like how people got bending, who got bending, who started off with bending, and we've always referenced the lion turtles. There were the lion turtles who had this bending skill, and because of the spirits had taken over the world, People were vulnerable, so the lion turtles gave them that power, let them go into the world, come back on them, took away the power. That was like the whole uh, lion turtle episode that we had. And so it's really nice to see it all come together in this episode where Aang is able to use that. And basically, the lion turtle gives him a new bending yeah. to bend it away. And that's what ultimately defeats the Fire Lord. And it's so fitting to who Aang Oh. Amazing. This episode, and I know that the creators have set this up episode up as a big point of the mythology in the Avatar universe, but mm -hmm. the Lion Turtles teaching Aang how to energy bend will set up Avatar 1, the first Avatar, because mm -hmm. you realize that bending was provided by the Lion Turtles in the past. And so, of course, who is it but the Lion Turtles to teach you how to, to give and to take that away? Mm -hmm. For Aang here, it's such um I think I, I've said this before, but I love the ending so much because this show is nothing but consistent. Mm -hmm. You see character growth, you see power leveling up, 
but the initial core characterization of a person is kept so true from episode one to episode 70 whatever this one is Mm -hmm. and i think that speaks to how good of a character that ang is written as this Mm. peaceable fun loving pure pure monk right as a a child he's now 13 when this is happening and um it just works it's earned in every single sense of the word let's talk about a little bit of of what happens in this fight so ozai is beating up on ang Mm -hmm. he's chasing him down ang essentially rolls himself into a boulder that boulder and he's literally just trying to do anything to survive and ozai from the last last episode says you are weak just like your people you do not deserve to belong on this earth just pure evil shit just horrible stuff and then ang spills out of the rocks in full avatar state mode and chases the fire lord down and just as he's about to uh, it's a terrible display this is when he says that the name of, the, of this episode is Avatar Aang, and it's Avatar Aang in every sense of the word. It's a yes. fully realized Avatar. This is the first time where Aang truly ma- not only masters the Avatar state, but becomes one with all four elements at mm-hmm. once. So you see this kind of like Captain Planet thing happen where he puts himself, he's glowing, he puts himself in, in an air sphere, he has rocks going on him to represent Earth, fire kind of engulfing his body, and then the water from the ocean next to him kind of creating this like dynamic of all four elements in powerful terrifying harmony together mm-hmm. and this is what fire lord ozai is facing and just as ang is about to deal the crushing blow the finishing blow to fire lord ozai he snaps out of the avatar state trance and fire lord ozai says even with all the power in the world you are still weak which could not be further from the truth. Yeah. It is it is the mercy of this powerful man that makes him strong, even stronger mm. than you think he is. Christian, how did you react when you saw beautiful bubbly Aang turn into the fully realized avatar? I re- it was really the scene we were waiting for. Mm. I loved it. However, however, how he reached the avatar state and how that chakra was unblocked for me i was like Ooh, you yeah. just needed a little stab in the back right, right right that was the only thing for me maybe it was like all the energy flowing all this stuff but for me it's like there was that stab in the back and then all of this was showing um did he hit another rock is that what happened so like there was this rock yeah yeah that when fire lord ozai blasted him his shell was open he was flying and the rock hit him in where azula, azula struck, yeah, yeah. struck his lightning maybe it's significant to show that your enemies make you stronger oh, <laughs> she, yeah. because if you really think about it ang chakra was blocked because of katara right yes he couldn't get into the avatar state azula does that lightning it's blocked again. He can't do it, and then Fire Lord Ozai comes, unblocks it for him, uh-huh. and he's as powerful as can be. So it's like, hmm, I guess it's okay, but I thought like it was such a big deal that he lost that, right. and him to gain it back so quickly in that moment, I was like, could someone just have punched his spine before? You know? Like, Sokka, come on, you know. But I think it's a beautiful moment to show, like maybe it's just to show like these people that like really hurt you and like put you down are the ones that make you stronger. Yeah. I'm assuming that. 
Um, I love that scene when he said, oh, you're still weak. Like, his definition of weak is so off. Right. Like, completely off. And I think Aang is so unbothered by it. He's like, no. Like, that's not what it is. And so confident in himself. And I just love that scene when he is doing the energy bending. And it, it seems as if the Phoenix King is going to take over. Until the last second, it... It, Aang takes over. How did you feel about that scene? Um, I think you needed to see, you need to push Aang to his absolute limit. Mm. Um, I liked, I really liked the fact that it was Aang, I know, I know he's conscious when he goes into the Avatar state, but it was Aang in his full mind and his full faculties that made the decision to do it, right? Like mm. he, he was himself when he was making the decision. Mm-hmm. Again, I think he's able to achieve incredible power when he's in the Avatar state. You see the connection with all the voices overlapping when he's in the Avatar state of all the, all the other avatars passing judgment down together, right? Which I think is really important because it shows like the cyclical nature of the spiritual being. But Aang, by himself, the air nomad of age 13 is the one who figures this out and then starts to proceed to take Fire Lotus eyes bending away. Also, it should be noted that Fire Lotus, I tried to kill him again after he had lost the lost the battle. It was like he tries to sucker sucker bend um, fire into the back of Aang's head, and then Aang, with full Earth sensory feeling for the first time, something you learn from Toph. Seismic sense. Seismic sense. Yes. Literally, like back heels an earth thing to, to hold, uh, to, to take, to propel Ozai's hand upwards and mm-hmm. to, to take him out of harm's way. And the whole time, Aang's body language is like mournful. Mm. Like he's mourning the fact that, yes, this is the best solution. I mean, I feel like Aang didn't want to kill him, so he's happy he didn't have to kill him, but taking someone's bending away, he understands. Like that is a very big thing and so even when he's taking it away he's very mournful of that situation yeah. which is why I think he is the avatar like yeah. he, he understands the 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 burden that's on him and how powerful he is and I think this was just an amazing scene because he was able to find a way that fit his morals and that's something he's been struggling throughout the whole entire show yeah it's amazing from day one. Beautiful. And this is such a great fulfillment of what he started off. Yes. On do you want to go penguin sledding with me? To to <laughs> what what this is, right? Yes. I wouldn't know. I loved how you mentioned like Aang came full circle, was able to control the Avatar State because this is actually the first time after he defeats Fire Lord Ozai, the light of like the Avatar State glows in his eyes and then back to himself and he's able to kind of clear all the fires that were put on the land. And that's something we've actually never seen from Aang. Right. Where you just see a flash and he's able to use the Avatar State power in uh, his own state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's something you saw previously in on with different avatars, with different flashbacks. We saw that with all of the other avatars, but with Aang, we never saw that. And in this moment, at age 13, he was able to become master of all of the elements and the Avatar State. And I think that's so beautiful. Full control. Yes. Full control. Oh. Last. Where note. do we go from here? <laughs> Last note is Katara and Azula's fight. I, I feel like it's not as important, but it really is. I loved it because it showed two masters, one genius, mentally unstable, 
and one emotional yet stable waterbender just fighting it off. And I just loved that scene. Girl on girl fight. Yeah, talk. To, okay, let's talk to the Katara Azula fight a little bit. It was Katara was in control the whole time. I I loved it because I felt like it was a fight that I feel like Azula and Katara were like. It was a nice scene. Like they yeah. needed to have this, and it's kind of like when Suki and Tylee fought. Like you just wanted to see it really bad. Uh. Um, I liked it because Katara truly was in control the whole time. Of course, like. Zula was very dangerous, but the water scene and how she just used her abilities around her, and that truly is the the definition of the waterbender tribe. Like the bending is about adaptation, fluidity, flexibility, yeah, yes, flexibility, using your environment around you, and that's exactly what Katara did. I thought it was the best way to show that she was defeated. Also, Azula was not killed, which was amazing to think about the fact that. Fire Lord Ozai and Azula were not killed. Yeah. When you really think about enemies in any superhero movie, the enemy is killed. Yeah. But they did such an amazing job. They fall to off uphold. a cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to uphold the characters, and I think this opens so many doors for when Avatar Studio comes out. Hopefully, they'll do stories and their own journey with the villains. You know. The Azula scene. The last scene of Azula. It's, it should be noted that Katara uses chains here yeah. to, 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 to disable Azula. And Azula looks like a beast, a zoo animal. Yeah. Um, when Katara disables her and puts her hand, puts her hands um, behind her back in a position where she, she should bend, she would hurt herself. And Azula, all she can do is breathe fire out of her mouth and cry and fall to her side here. Yeah. For those who have read the, the the promise, the supplementary material after it, you don't see Azula. The next time you see her is in a straight jacket. Like mm. this continues her the mental degradation, the mental deterioration. It continues down this path where while she still has some of her cunning, her mind is still not there. Yeah. And and the breakdown or whether it's mental illness, um, it just keeps on leading her down this darker and darker path. Mm with less and less clarity yes. about who she is and what she's doing. And it was just wild to see like the, the most confident villain in the series, even more so than I'd say even Ozai. Mm -hmm. Really compelling person. I think Azula was the great villain of the series. Mm -hmm. And in the end, she was made, just made um, sapped of all her power. Yeah, Lost I, all of her control. And I think it goes to show that, um, like you said before, how Azula was truly like a war soldier that Ozai used. Yeah. And so when they were both taken away from each other, Azula some in some way lost that part of her. Which is why I think it, it didn't help her in any way and it created a disadvantage for her when she fought with Zuko and Katara. Yeah. Tough one. Um let's end it on some somewhat of a no on a very happy note. Yes. This is Lord of the Rings Return of the King when everyone and when the great evil is defeated and everyone is celebrating right mm -hmm. they're doing a big celebration all four nations are gathered at the fire nation capital zuko and ang now in full monkey atso robe right the first time we've seen in, in this ceremonial mm -hmm. garb walk out together not only as friends but um as a fully realized fire lord and a fully realized avatar together yeah. to to chart out peace beautiful scene i really just like the, the love that they have for each other 
and this yeah. is it's it's just so beautiful and like just seeing the uh, the nations come together and if you see like there's only it's three tribes coming together because sadly there is no airbenders Oof. that is very very sad yeah that's actually not there but i think that's why in legend of Korra you are able to see that and it's beautiful right beautiful it just had amazing closure for everybody from the big characters to the small Ty Lee joins the kyoshi warriors may is back by zuko's side that's fucking right excuse my language yeah and katara katara and Aang can finally start their relationship because katara was always aware of the responsibility on Aang's shoulders and never ever initiated anything until this moment i feel like because she was like the war is over now we can figure out what this is (laughs) so beautiful beautiful note but then kind of hinting to a side story or like the comics zuko when he visits his father in prison yes very 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 interesting scene which i really hope with avatar studios coming out they show this like i really really hope even if it's like a snippet they are able to show this uh the journey of finding out who zuko's mother is and her journey so it was a really nice closure but opened so many doors and i think that's why katara was so successful that's why Korra was so successful That's, as we've said in many of these episodes in the past, there are so many open ends and loose ends that make this universe so incredible. And I think um, one of the great mysteries was Zuko's parentage and Zuko's mother. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, is answered in future books to come. But there's so many things that we've covered that I want more answers on, I want more episodes on. And as Cabbage Corp potters, we, we, can, only, uh, we can only hope there's more coming. Yeah. And with that, we are closing off with our Avatar State score and our Power Rank score. Now, Avatar State score has gone up a point, and it is a perfect 11. The winning 11. The perfect 11. The perfect 11. It's, it's so wild to see all the different ways that Avatar State was used throughout the entire series. And for it to be kind of fully, fully realized at the end of it in the way that even um, Aang makes the tides rise and fall with a single blink of his eye. I think that's such a beautiful way for a guy who lost complete control mm-hmm. um, when he when we go into the state to uh, to fully evolve into what he was supposed to be the whole time. Yes. And with that, the power ranking, one and only. I mean, I feel like there's one person that it goes to. It's the Avatar. Avatar Aang. himself. The last airbender for yes. now. Yes. Christian, for for listeners, last episode who might have missed it, Zuko and Katara are our Cabbage Corp's official winners. Yes. Of the power rankings of the Cabbage Corp power rankings, tell them why. There's no shame. No shame. No shame because Zuko is Aang's best friend. Uh huh. Katara is his wife. Wife. That have wonderful children that bring up the new generation of airbenders and air mamas. nomads, yes. right? And I'm just going to say right here, it's the people around you that can lift you up the best way possible. And that's why Zuko and Katara are up there because Zuko's journey led him to 
support Aang in a way that no one else could. Same with Katara. And that's why Aang is up there. And, you know, right next to him is Sokka. (laughs) But I think it just goes to show that Aang was the center of this show, but it's the characters around him that Mm. built him up to be amazing. Just like the Avengers, because it's kind of solely around Iron Man, but it's the people around him that built him up. It's an ensemble. It's in the yes. Avengers together. Yes. Sokka and the Avatar together again. It's it's fun that two of the... That the four first characters we really get to know, Katara, Aang, Zuko, and Sokka, mm-hmm. are the ones who finish on top. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful because it goes to show that it's really the team working together that creates power. Where, you know... Azula and Ozai were always like, I'm going to do my own thing. Ozai isn't even on the list. Yeah. Because he's... he's Ozai's not, trash. No, he's not important. Phoenix King. The only old, the only, only one not on the list who should be on the list is Zaddy Hokoda. <laughs> if you're a big fan of podcasts or want to just show some love and support to the Capricorn podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com slash premium for only $4.99 a month. With Stitcher Premium, you get access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive episodes from Stitcher. If you just want to check it out and you don't really know if it's for you, don't worry. If you use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout, you get a month free on us. So go check it out. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Cabbage Corp Podcast. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Cabbage Corp Pod. It has been an amazing journey, and if you haven't done so already, please make sure to catch up on our previous episodes. Thank you guys so much, and see you guys soon. My cabbages!